Welcome to the 34th Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure. Take the adventure with us. With us. With us. With us. And welcome everyone to the 34th Circe Salon. This is the Parallax Channel, and I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. I want to thank you all for joining us. We are going to be doing um, something different, something new today, because we're going to go and uh, talk about a great classical era play. But as always, if you would be so kind to leave a nice rating or a lovely comment on whatever podcast platform you are using to listen to this, we would greatly appreciate it. And now without further ado, we are going to review and discuss Ajax by Sophocles and who better to guide us in this discussion but the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Hi. Hi, Sean. All right. So, Gary, let's jump right into this. Give the setting for the listener. Who was Sophocles and then who was Ajax? Of course, if they've listened to the podcast, they'll definitely know who Ajax was, but uh, let's give them a little context. Well, Sophocles is one of the great uh, playwrights of uh, ancient Greece. Uh, you know, fifth century BC uh, Greece. Um, yeah, and, one of the uh, one of the three. Well, the, uh, that we think of is Sophocles, Euripides, uh, Aeschylus. Aeschylus, exactly. So those yeah. are the, the big three, I guess. Right. Yeah. All right. And the thing is that they. Uh, were all inspired by Homer. Um, and Ajax is obviously, you know, uh, demonstrative of that, you know. And uh, actually, some think, uh, you know, Sophocles was the, the best of the three. I, I tend to agree. But they're all, they're all uh, fantastic. I am a fan of Euripides. And uh, you'll have to give me, there is, as we start recording, a dog goes wild in the background. So the little doggy is going to make a little bit of noise. So uh, apologies on that. But I would go with Euripides. Uh, but I, 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 but all three are great. All three yeah, are Yeah, no, they are. Um, okay, again, did you say what era? Because uh, I got a little distracted by the dog. Did you say what era that yeah, Sophocles wrote in? century BC. Uh, right. They think the play was written... And by the way, uh, the translation I'm, is, uh, I have is by University of Chicago. It was a translator by the name of John Moore who wrote both the translation and the introduction. And, um, uh, and uh, I have all the volumes of uh, the three playwrights. I have to say that because I love this translation. My translation is by John Tipton, T-I-P-T-O-N, and it uh, is amazing. So we'll talk about that a little more later. So, okay. So yeah, Please, they think the play was written sometime in 442 or 441 BC. Um, now, these you know again with all the ancient works, we've lost many of the ancient works, and we're lucky that certain ones have survived. Um, what other? Let's well tell the listener some of the other great plays that Sophocles wrote. Well, uh, Oedipus is one of them. That's the big. Know. That's the famous one. Yeah, and then Antigone. Yeah, they're just incredible. I mean, just as soon as you say the names, Oedipus, immediately we think of the eyes, the mother, of course, you know, the Freudian stuff. 
But um, in Antigone, I immediately see the picture of, uh, I guess, Agamemnon. You know, in my mind's eye, there's this idea of this plot to to murder. It's just they're, they're so dramatically powerful and vivid, even thousands of years later. Yeah, he he also uh, respected women. He wrote the women of uh, Trachis and also um, uh, Electra. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the, the Greek playwrights show, and well, we talked about this with Homer too, and, and Homer uh, in, at, certainly at the end of the Iliad. You know, there's a lot more real sympathy, respect, and appreciation for women in the writing of the great Greek writers than we know of in the culture itself. So it's sort of these guys transcended what was a very patriarchal, very misogynistic culture. Yes. And uh, John Moore says in the introduction that the play shows uh, Sophocles' remarkable beauties and likewise uh, perplexities in the play. Uh, and then he says the subject of Sophocles is chosen is the shame and death of Ajax. Uh, and uh, what this is, is, uh, you know, essentially Ajax suffers from uh, PTSD. And so, uh, you know, which um, our military has um, dealt with, you know, uh, in a in a major way, uh, or just like the uh, you know police that defended the capital with the uh, capital attack, January sixth attack, they're suffering from PTSD today. Well, yeah, we talk. We we've. It is amazing to go through this play, and it's so clear to the modern eye. It, what what jumps out at us uh, is, or the modern ear in listening to it, is this thing is what you talk about this notion of PTSD. This this guy who's just. You know the result of warfare, and he has this kind of uh, fit. We'll talk about the basic setup of the plane just a little bit, but yeah, it really does stand out, and we are more aware of what war does to those who survive, to victor as well as vanquished, um, particularly psychologically. Yeah. So yeah, what's the let's so let tell us who Ajax was again. The people who've listened to okay, our and, stuff on the Iliad will know, but give us something about Ajax and give us the setting of well, this play. Well, doesn't really uh, state it. I mean, he, he says that Ajax was a, a great warrior, but well, it was assumed know. that his listeners then would know, but our modern people, just for their for their benefit. But actually, uh, you know, other Greek writers and so on, um, Ajax was the best warrior of the Greeks, except for Achilles. He was second only to Achilles. Um, and also, Sophocles doesn't mention that Ajax supposedly was, uh, you know, a very large man, you know, the tallest of the Greeks. Yeah, that's what always jumps out in my mind when I think of Ajax. I immediately think of, like, you know, like a football defensive lineman, American football defensive lineman, a big guy, or rugby, some of the big rugby guys. You know, of just a big fellow. Yeah. And uh, the, the, his real name is Ios, not Ajax, but it, you know, became known as Ajax, and that's how we know it. And uh, it survives today, you know, like there's a cleanser called Ajax. <laughs> yeah, I also, also thought of that. So he was with the Greeks at Troy in the Trojan War. Yes. And uh, he was uh, 
you know, essentially king of uh, his city, uh, Salamites. And um, but anyhow, this introduction is, you know, kind of erudite and whatever. I'll just give you an example by John Moore. And he says, um, the uh, throughout the drama, Ajax remains the central issue and our principal concern. Sophocles' judgment of him is not simple. He sees that Ajax and, Aj and the Ajax world of value and aspiration have their limitations in point of sympathy and insight. And in the sense of these limitations is in part conveyed to us by means of the figure of Odysseus. You know, so he, he kind of goes on like that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically what the story is, is uh, Ajax was a great hero. And um, when, for example, uh, Hector uh, and the Trojans attacked the, the Greek ships, uh, you know, Hector attacks Ajax's ship, but Ajax uh, wields a great spear and is able to fend them off. And uh, so that's uh, one, you know, and allows the uh, Greeks to, uh, you know, fight back and and not be totally wiped out. It's always, I always like to remind the listener, and when we talk about it, just to be reminded ourselves that warfare in this time is hand-to-hand -hand combat. I mean, it's guys just getting their spears, their swords, their, you know, and just going to battle against each other on the field. And so when you have someone like Ajax, you, you've got to keep in mind that when the Trojans are attacking or counterattacking in this case, because the Greeks were attacking their land, when the Trojans are counterattacking, this is a physical battle. And you've got this big guy, Ajax, who is, you know, as they describe, as it's talked about in the Greek world, he's nimble. He's not a big, dumb guy. He's a, he's a quick-witted guy. And he's nimble and he is tough and he's like you say the second best warrior except for uh second best to achilles um so this so, is so what, so what the uh episode is about is uh when prince paris of troy uh in effect kills achilles by shooting him in his heel you know and then achilles um you know somehow dies. Um, I don't know if it, you know, it's not mentioned if it's a poisoned arrow or as depicted in the uh, 1950s movie, Helen of Troy, uh, he reaches down for, to his heel when the arrow, you know, is stuck in his heel and he falls off his chariot and hits his head on the rock and, and is killed that way. But at, at any rate, Achilles is killed. And, yeah. um, so then it's a big deal to the ancient Greeks to uh, award the armor of Achilles mm -hmm. to someone. And the armor was uh, made by a god, you know, in the Iliad, uh, Hephaestus. Mm -hmm. And um, so Ajax really wanted that armor. But uh, they had, uh, you know, quote, a contest, and the armor was given to Odysseus. And so uh, Ajax is just totally totally um, blown out about this and totally upset about it and, and, and feels like he's been dishonored and so on. And just to circle back a little bit on Achilles, the, the myth, of course, was he was dipped, he was protected, but he was dipped holding his, his heel. So that was the one his, point. His mother. The, yeah, yeah. 
you know, Zetas, uh, held him by his heels, and uh, that's why we have the phrase Achilles heel. Achilles heel. So that was the one vulnerable part of his body. But then now coming to, uh, now he's dead, you've got this, um, the awarding of his armor. And it, so in this play, so we start off with, that's what's driving Ajax crazy. He's, he's furious. In some sense, in some of the reading, some of the... Um, scholarly reviews of it they talk about this idea that this on a simple level you could be talking about a sore loser but this is a much more complicated issue and the way at least in my translation that i have john tipton um, one of the things he says is he strove to kind of give us the modern reader a sense of what was going on so he talks about it as a vote right as uh, you know he lost the vote um, but however however it's translated he was not awarded the armor and he's just kind of beside himself with, with anger. And then he's so beside himself, uh, you know, he, has, he, he goes mental, so to speak. And um, it's not made clear in the play, but, uh, but it's alluded to, is that uh, he sees these animals, uh, sheep and, and cows, I believe, um, and he thinks they're Greeks. And, um, he kills some of them outright with his sword, and some he takes back to his, uh, what is referred to in the translation as a tent, but it's really not a tent in, in our sense. It's more like a, a shelter, a lodge. Yeah, like kind of the tents. It's, it's more, much more substantial than yeah. just a, a tent with a cloth. We've seen them in some of, they're sometimes uh, portrayed in some of these films about the era where these a more lavish kind of a tent that people have kind of like you think of when you see in the Middle East, those kinds of bigger, more palatial uh, tents. But well, now, let me ask you, let me, sorry, go ahead. The, the play mentions a door even. I mean, you don't have doors on tents. I mean, you have yeah. to have a structure to have a door. Now your translation, my translation makes it explicit that Athena has, has made him hallucinate uh, that he basically in, in my translation, what happens is, he wants to go kill the Greeks. Athena inter and she and he wants to get Odysseus. And we know if you all have been listening to our uh, Odyssey series, uh, we know that Athena is the patron matron of Odysseus. So he wants to kill Odysseus. He's uh, he's angry that Odysseus gets the armor, and he wants to kill the Greeks for not appreciating him. Of course, again, we can look at this as a guy who's really just snapped, been in warfare and has snapped. But in the in this translation. Athena specifically makes him hallucinate so that he doesn't kill the Greeks in Odysseus, and he instead hallucinates that these rams and dogs, all these, like you're saying, these these animals are the Greeks. So in my translation, he butchers them, and in some cases, he thinks one of them is Odysseus, and he just strings it up and tortures it before he's ready to kill it. But it's no. said that Athena makes him hallucinate in this version. Right. Well, that's not made clear in the, my translation, but yeah, it's interesting. I know. Um, I, I was. I was wondering because I, I again, I thought this translation was. It's really hallucinogenic, Gary. This version is like it's 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 like almost like a '60s kind of tale of an acid trip blended with this PTSD experience. It's a very yeah. fascinating way of translating it. So please continue. Well, anyhow, um, uh, you know, the play starts off with uh, Athena. And uh, she's talking to Odysseus. Um, and, uh, and 
she's talking to Odysseus, and it says here, Odysseus, I have always seen a mark you stalking to pounce upon your enemies. And now by the tent of Ajax, where he keeps last place upon the shore, I find you busy tracing and scanning these fresh tracks of his. And so she's talking about that. Um, and uh, and this is replies, voice of Athena and dearest utterance of all the gods to me, I cannot see you. And yet I clearly, how clearly I can catch your words. That speak is from a trumpet's throat of bronze. It's interesting, uh, bronze is mentioned in the play and because uh, when, uh, you know, the play was written, it was the Iron Age, but they're, again, they're talking about the story, overall story of the Trojan War, which took place in the Bronze Age. Um, and Odysseus references a, a great shield that Ajax had. Mm-hmm. It was seven uh, layers thick. Seven is a sacred number, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Odysseus goes on to recount uh, that uh, Ajax captured our flocks and herds uh, and uh, were butchered and so on. Uh, he says the guards, I guess the guards of the animals were also slaughtered, you know, by Ajax. And he says, everyone puts the blame on Ajax. Um, one man saw him alone bounding over the plain and carrying the sword still wet with blood and so on. So the Greeks see that Ajax is going nuts, basically. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so, uh, and then, you know, it just goes on talking about what he did, uh, and that he's delusional. And, uh, and it says he hobbled cattle that were still alive and sheep and brought them to his tent thinking it was, it was men he had captured and not poor horned beasts. And now he has them bound inside his lodge and is tormenting them. I shall show you his madness in plain review. And then you can publish or meaning, you know, communicate it to all the Greeks, you know. So, okay, right. Um, and, um, but inter- interestingly, uh, this is another place is portrayed, you know, as kind of a, uh, a bad guy in this play. He, he's really uh, depicted as uh, honorable, as we'll find out. Well, he's a, we we've talked about him a lot. Obviously, we went, we did, uh, and the listener, depending on when this play, when this play, when this podcast is published, will have heard all of our Odyssey uh, episodes, or will still be in the midst of them. But we've spent a lot of time talking about what was interesting about the Homer's portrayals, that the complexity and sophistication of them, particularly of Odysseus, and how Odysseus is this kind of really. You know, he, he's a nuanced character. He's a very modern, you know, a very modern kind of character. He can almost be like an anti-hero in some respects. Yeah, because he's complex. He, he will yeah. lie, steal, and cheat to accomplish his goals, you know? Well, same thing with Achilles. I mean, I don't particularly like Achilles, uh, you know, in the the way he conducts about. I like Odysseus. Uh, he's got his problems, but but Achilles, you know, but all but that's the beauty of the Greek world, Greek art. These guys are complicated characters. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not ponies. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the characters were in Game of Thrones. That's one of I, my criticisms. We disagree. We disagree with that. I wish I had booing for you, but but we disagree on that one. All right, please continue. Yeah. 
Um, and so Ajax, you know, goes on and on. And he's uh, talking and uh, and uh, he says, uh, uh, dead they are, you know, thinking that he killed the Greeks that, uh, you know, shamed them, you know. He says, let them rob my armor now, meaning they're dead and they can't do it, you know. And then he thinks he has Odysseus. He says, he's sitting there inside, meaning inside his lodge, my sweetest prisoner, and so on. Uh, and then he intends to whip him and make his back crimson, you know, and then I'll kill him. So he's full into full craziness. He's in full crazy yeah. at this point. Right. And then uh, Odysseus is talking to Athena, and she says, uh, I, I pity his wretchedness, though he is my enemy. You know, I pity him. And then uh, the play, like Greek uh, plays have, they have choruses that kind of uh, amplify, you know, the uh, the drama, amplify the, uh, you know, the particular episode that goes previously, you know, with dialogue between characters. Yeah, the Greek chorus giving function, commenting on what's happening. So for the viewer or listener, however you're taking it in. And um, there's very few characters in the uh, play. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's a really, it's it's a very stripped down, stark play. Yeah. So there are, there, there are all these women that try to attend to Ajax and care about him. Uh, and uh, one of them is called Temessa. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she says, uh, uh, "Alas, then it can only have been from there that he brought those uh, bound beasts home." And she's talking to the chorus, you know. And some he slew at the tenth floor, cleaning with a neck cut. Others he hacked asunder with slashes at their ribs. But two special white-footed rams he lifted up. One's head and the tip of tongue and cast them from him. The other he bound upright against a pillar. So apparently there's a pillar inside this, uh, you know, lodge. And sees a, a, a stout length of harness, a singing whip, too, too thronged to lash him with. And poured forth, uh, and then uh, as he slashed, you know, he said, poured forth such awful curses as no man but some demon must have taught him and so on. Mm -hmm. So just for the, the two, Tegmessa or Temessa is his war bride, basically, right? There's a lot of war of brides. Yeah, there's a lot of war brides in you know, this yeah. culture. We talk about that, that kind of overbearing, patriarchal abduction culture. But, anyway. but interestingly, uh, at least in the, these plays, uh, you know, they, they like their lords, the ones that... Well, of, cor well, of course, Gary. I mean, they, these guys are writing it, so yeah, oh yeah, we, we've talked to them, but they liked it. That's basically what they're kind um, of saying with all this stuff, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, that, that's certainly for the listener, that's how it's played. She she loves her, she loves her captor. So, okay. And, and so she's talking about him. She says, after the lightning flash and leap of the storm wind, 
He is calm, but now, being clear in mind, he is freshly miserable. It is a painful thing to look at your own troubled and know that you to yourself and no one else has made it. So she's talking about how Ajax is suffering. Um, and then uh, another uh, dialogue from her, she's talking and and this is, you know, she's saying what Ajax told her, you know, a woman, a woman's decency is silence. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that very, very, very misogynistic uh, um, saying, um, a proverb, I guess, or however you want to call it. Uh, we've, I th- we may have talked about this before, I think, or it may have come up in uh, the other podcast, the Make Matriarchy Great Again yeah. podcast. That, there's all that kind of stuff there. So, yeah, he says that. Um, so, she, so uh, please, go ahead. She, she references the sons of Atreus, meaning Agamemnon, the high king who led the Greeks against the Trojans, and Menelaus, his brother, the king of Sparta, you know, uh, the husband of uh, Helen of Troy. So she is basically, what happens is he, he goes nuts. He kind of snaps out of it. She's distraught because, well, he has a war captive. I mean, uh, they have a baby together. I don't know if we've gotten to that, but they they have a baby together. Yeah. And so she's worried that, you know, may, and maybe this, this explains some of what, you know, you were talking about how they, you know, appear to like their captor they depend on them right that's their survival that's the way yes. they eat yes. and live and so she's attached to him and she she's very much says in the play you know she's trying to tell him not to do himself in not to have it let anything happen to him because what's going to happen to her and their child so that's what comes up in very clearly in the pieces so she's trying to get him she really is kind of, kind of a real you know a character trying to ground itself He's trying to get him to just stay within, keep his wits. So she about him, yes. Yeah. So he can survive. Um, and so in this episode um, section, you know, uh, with Tecmessa, um, and uh, Ajax yells, Toyser, where are you? Where's my brother Toyser? So he's calling for his brother. Mm-hmm. And... Um, who becomes a major figure in the play, second play. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll go on here to, uh, and then, you know, throughout Ajax is continually, you know, complaining about his situation and that he's been disrespected and he's been shamed and he feels terrible. To, to the ancient Greeks, Bronze Age Greeks, honor was everything. You had to feel like you're being honorable and if it means, uh, you die, uh, you know, b- trying to be honorable, and then you're honorable doing that. Right, right. It's a war culture, right? That, that's part of the yeah. basis for the play. Mm-hmm. And Ajax says here, darkness, that is my light, murk of the underworld, only my, my only brightness. Oh, take me to yourself to be your dweller. So he's starting to talk about, uh, you know, killing himself. And it says here, Ajax again, agony. Who would have thought my name and fortune could square so well together? My name is Ajax. Agony is his meaning. Yeah, let me read uh, some of the, one of the, uh, in this section, the translation. Here's how uh, uh, Tipton translates it uh, in one of the the sequence. He goes, uh, he has um, Ajax um, 
or actually I should say he has Athena commenting on Ajax and he says, take good look and learn. Do not brag to the gods. Never be arrogant because you think yourself stronger or richer than anyone. One day can change it all. This is human life. Gods love the wise, but hate a fool. And so it's, uh, you know, like Ajax was arrogant in terms of accepting help from Athena as, as, as conveyed in this interpretation. And now he is suffering the price of his, of his certainty that he doesn't need help because things can change in an instant. And that, a lot of that, that comes up a lot in this play, the idea that of fate, things changing in an instant. Suddenly you think life is one way and then it's another, that it, you know, there's there's almost a fatalism to some of this. It's a, it's a very well, strong you know, play. And a lot of the play is him complaining. It kind of reminds me of Trump. Um, and he's talking about, uh, uh, I'll read you a section here, you know, uh, Daughter of Zeus, just then, as I was running my hand and plot against them, they set me sprawling, distraught and frenzy. I dipped my hands in the blood of beasts like these, and now they're laughing. And he goes yeah. on, I'm hated by the gods. That's plain. The Greek camp hates me. Troy and the ground I stand upon detest me. Shall I go then from this place where the ships ride, desert the Atreides? and cross the Aegean to my home. But when I'm there, what countenance can I show my father Telamon? How will he ever stand the sight of me? So he's talking about, you know, how miserable he is and how he feels so uh, disrespected and so on. Yeah, and in his case, he's, he's again, he's decrying his fate and is defeated as a warrior, as a warrior of honor, as someone who's achieved great things within battle. And now here he is, reduced to madness and again a lot of the play is about how this you in an instant things can change how again as the greeks always talk about that kind of hubris to be careful of it uh and obviously the fortunes of war being what they are yeah okay so we get to now he's he's um he's coming he's come to his senses he realizes well, it goes on another character in the play is a messenger he delivers news that Toyser has come back from rugged Mycia. The brother, his uh, Ajax's brother. Right? The whole Greek uh, army gathered to abuse him. So they're, uh, they're abusing his, his brother. And by the way, uh, Toyser is the nephew of King Prime of Troy. And so uh, Hector, the main defender of Troy and Prince Paris, are his cousins. And yet they are his, his enemies you know, in the Trojan War. Interesting, well, huh? Sure, exactly. It shows you how close and interwoven all this, this world is. Yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, the message gives news on Twicer and so on. And then we uh, segue into uh, you know, Twicer's presence. Yeah, let's just give the the uh, listeners just a little idea of it. So, Ajax, so he, he has his madness. He snaps. He comes to his 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 sanity as his moment of as his brief moment of clarity. He realizes he's gone mad. He realize, and you can hear him now as he talks about it that he's starting to talk about getting you know, ending his life. He just he's got nothing to live for in his mind. His his war bride, Tecmessa or Temessa, 
is to, is imploring him not to do himself and to think of her and her kid, you know, yeah. their kid, their child. But he is, you know, again, just telling her, kind of uh, waving her off and deciding that you can, you, as he goes through his his different uh, speeches, that you know, life isn't worth it for him. Um, That's right. It's and so he's he's going on and on and now he's gone off and the messenger has come to tell uh, Tecmessa that uh, that his brother is coming and his brother has warned Ajax not to go out of the house because if he does, harm will come to him uh, right. from the gods, basically. Right. And so, uh, you know, so you have the, the Koyser uh, episode. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, so what happens is uh, Ajax gives gives his uh, farewell speech, so to speak, which is long and eloquent, according to the mm -hmm. translator. You know, um, and um, and then he, um, you know, he's. Um, he, pu he puts his sword into the ground. He's going to fall on his sword. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say a little something about what just a little bit of his speech, just to, to share yeah. a little bit of it. Well, uh, Ajax says, he's firm on, in the ground, my slayer. And it's cut. Should now be deadliest. For first the sword was Hector's gift, a token of guest friendship. And so he's talking about, he's, he's using a special sword to, uh, you know, kill himself, commit suicide. Um, and then he's calling upon Zeus and uh, Hermes, the conductor to the netherworld. You know, Hermes um, is the messenger of the gods, but he also escorts people to the underworld, to the kingdom of the dead. That's great speed. So he's calling on that, and he's calling on uh, Helios, the, the god of the sun. Some people... Uh, you know, some authors have listed uh, Apollo as the god of the sun. No, he's the god of light. Uh, Helios is the god of the sun. You have mentioned that. Yeah, and he says, uh, just let me give you a line here that from Tipton's translation, he goes, longevity is ugly for a man if life doesn't get any better. What pleasure is there in days that just stretch out to death? I wouldn't give a single cent for a life filled with delusions. Either live well or die well. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a similar, you know, in this translation as well. Uh, so we get to the point now he's about to do himself in, fall on his sword. There, he, some... he says, uh, O Radiance, O my home and hallowed ground of Salamis, and my father's heart, farewell, and glorious Athens, and my peers and kin, nurtured with me, and here all springs and streams, my nurses, you that are wet with the plains of Troy, farewell. This last word Ajax gives to you, the rest he keeps to speak among the dead. And then it says he falls on his sword and collapses behind some bushes and so on. So that's kind of the midpoint of the play. Yeah. Then we get the, now and, the second and half. The second half is kind of like a denouement, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, but it really it, it, it gives uh, what what is really fascinating about it is that this kind of reflection of one half you've got the 
you've got a person's madness leading to death, and then you've got the consequences of it completely played out and both reflecting different aspects of Greek culture, because the one is about the honor and the hero and how he's going to live or how he will end his life. And the other is how do we honor the death of someone, you know, the competing uh, moral claims, you know, the Greeks are like, you know, because in the second half we get, um, uh, is it Agamemnon? Uh, well, it's first Menelaus. Let me get to that. Menelaus, sorry, yeah, okay, you'll get to that, and then you know, we for, get first. Uh, Tecmessa uh, comes upon him, and she cries out, "Oh no, no! Uh, who is that harsh cry bursting from the corpse?" And said, "Oh, oh, you know." And then the court says, "It is she. I see her now, the poor captive wife." So you know, the, this translation refers to her as a wife, but she's really a love slave. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and then she goes on. She says, "He is dead, dead. We can only weep for him," and so on. And the chorus, uh, you know, reemphasizes that, you know. And mm -hmm. she takes off her mantle and puts it over him, covers his head, you know. Uh, and so she's, you know, in a, in, a, in essence, you know, grieving for him. And uh, and then Toyser comes on the scene and he says, "Oh God, God," you know. And then he, Toyser says, oh, my dear brother Ajax, have you come to grieve? As this strong rumor says you have, and so on. And uh, and then, you know, she tells him that he's committed suicide, and Toyser tells Tecmessa, go quickly then, quickly, and bring him here. So he, he wants to bury him, give him a proper burial, you know? Because the, the Greeks don't want to give him a proper burial. Because they no, then, then, then the play moves on to Menelaus. Exactly. And he sees so. Toyser and he says, you there, I tell you not to lift that corpse, nor bury it, but leave it where it is. So in other words, he wants to leave Ajax's body, to, you know, to be violated by birds yes, and yeah. dogs yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Toyser wants to give him a proper burial. The Greeks want to stop that. Um and then I, 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 you know, I want to hear what uh, your translation has because I find a lot of the translation in this one re uh, just amazingly, you know, he, he rend he's rendered a modern translation of of Toyser and the uh, and the Greeks going at it, you yeah. know, I mean, oh, just yeah. yeah, just going at each other, right? Well, Toyser uh, is a Greek, but I mean, you know, he's yeah, that I mean, the Greeks he's uh, being condemned yeah. by the other Greeks, exactly, know? exactly, and but and also they point out. That he's also half, at least in this, they, that he's really half barbarian, as they, as yeah. they call it. So yeah, yeah. So there's a long speech of uh, Menelaus, uh, and he says, "Listen, you know, when we brought Ajax here from Greece, we thought he'd be our ally and our friend. On trial, we found him worse than any Trojan, plotting a murderous blow at the whole army, and so on. Well, you know, that that's only because he feels he was." Ajax feels he was uh, so terribly disrespected by the Greeks because they didn't give him the armor of Achilles. Um, and so uh, Toyser's responding to him you know, that he, he is going to bury him, whether uh, Menelaus likes it or not. And in that speech, uh, Toyser responds to that. Um, he, he mentions, he does mention Helen, but he mentions your wife's sake, he made the expedition meaning Helen of Troy. So there's a reference to Helen of Troy there. Yeah, yeah. 
He also says at some point, I think, to Agamemnon, not for your wife. Oh, I mean your brother's wife. I mean, there's really just kind of like snide asides yeah. that they, they just toss at each other in this one. You know, there there's I, – I'd have to find it very quickly, but there's there are moments when basically they're telling each other, like, you know, they're telling Joyce he's not that tough. Your brother's dead. You better watch your mouth back off. Yes. And then, he, and then he's like – Oh yeah, well you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to do, and you're not gonna be able to stop me. You know you can keep running your yeah, that's mouth. That's exactly right because Agamemnon yeah. comes on the scene, and he similarly similar to Menelaus says, "You there? Are you the only one they tell me of?" And so on. It was made bold to uh, yop these uh, powerful speeches unpunished so far against me. You're against me. You you know you're talking big and etc. And so uh, he he wants he also wants this uh, is his body to be left out to be disrespected. Yeah, uh, it's 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 really great. The writing is really, you know, certainly as it's rendered, we're reading in translation. But I, you know, I went through and listened to the translation uh, to about how uh, Tipton uh, approached the translation, or as he called it, interpretation. But at the end of the day, we do get conveyed. It's just old-fashioned two guys. You know, or two, three guys, but one guy versus the others, just button heads and just really talking trash to each other, you know, to put it in modern terms. They're just. Yeah, and then Toyser goes on to talk about how he's going to bury his brother. Yeah. He says, with flames licking the ship's quarter decks already and Hector high in the air leaping uh, and so on, but Ajax came alone to save you, who fended off that ruin. So he's referring to when Ajax stopped uh, Hector's attack on the ships. Yeah, and how he what he did for them. So he's he trying to remind them. them, you know, he saved the, the the Greeks at that point. So you know, in other words, show more respect. Okay. Yeah, let me just kind of read you, Gary, with the one of the translations here. It goes, "It's you who should be ashamed." Listen carefully. If he lies here, we three will lie beside him. That's a better cause, I think, than to die for your wife. Oh, excuse me, your brother's wife. Do yourself a favor and listen. If you make trouble for me, you may regret being a hero. I mean, that's just in your face. Yeah, absolutely. And then Odysseus comes on the scene and he says, what is this, gentlemen? For quite some distance, I could hear the sons of Atreus, meaning Menelaus and Agamemnon, raising their voices over this valiant corpse. corpse. So he calls Hector a valiant corpse. You mean Ajax? Uh, excuse me, he means Ajax. And so he's telling Agamemnon that, uh, yes, he should be buried, you know, even though uh, Odysseus was his enemy, you know, but he says he should be buried. Let let me just again read you just the translation here. Okay. Uh, Agamemnon says, I forbid any funeral for Ajax. He threatens to bury him, and he threatens to bury him anyway. Then Odysseus says, can I speak frankly with you without doing harm to our friendship? And then Agamemnon says, go ahead. I'd be a fool not to listen to my friend. And Odysseus says, then listen, for God's sake, yield. Don't make this man lie unburied. Don't let your anger control you so hatred steps on what's right. Just like you, I have resented him since we've competed for Achilles' weapons. But even so, that's not enough to defame him or to deny that he was the best fighter, except for Achilles, here at Troy. It's not right. So, interesting. Odysseus... Yeah, in this really translation, Odysseus says, uh, listen, don't cast out this brave man's body unburied. Don't, in the God's name, be so hard. Vindictiveness should not govern you. 
as to make you trample on the right. I too found this man hateful once, beyond the rest of all my fellow soldiers, since the time I won Achilles' armor. Nevertheless, in spite of his enmity, I cannot wish to pay him with dishonor, or refuse to recognize in him the bravest man of all that came to Troy except Achilles. It would be wrong to do him injury. So Odysseus uh, mm-hmm. is really stepping up and, uh, you know, saying, uh, emphasizing what should happen to be noble, to be honorable, and so on. Well, he's also being, I mean, I won't say clever because that has a sort of negative connotation, but he's being insightful because at the end of the day, if you can do that to Ajax, you can do that to them. Yeah. So he's aware of this. And then Toyser responds to Odysseus and he says, Noble Odysseus, I can only praise you how greatly you deceive my expectations. For though you hated him worst of the Argives, meaning the Greeks, you alone came to help, meaning now, you know. And so, uh, and Odysseus says, I, I could have wished to help, but if you preferences, oh, he's telling you, uh, he wants to bury uh, Ajax without Odysseus's help. And Odysseus says, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Said, but if you preferences otherwise, I shall respect your wish and take my leave. And that's, yeah, and the, the essentially allow, you know, allow that to come to pass. Yeah. Um, so, and apparently uh, Ajax uh, had a great set of armor, you know, because um, when he's uh, amid the surrounding plains, meaning he's being cremated, to ready the holy bath and one troop bring from within the tent his glorious suit of armor. You know, so he's talking about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, spout forth his life's dark force, come now, come everyone that claims to be his friend. Begin, proceed, and bear him up, this man of perfect excellence. No nobler one has ever been than he. I speak of Ajax while he lived. And then the chorus ends by saying, what men have seen they know, but what shall come hereafter, no man before the event can see, nor what end waits for him. And that's the end of the play. It's amazing, amazing work. Uh, let's give it a little round of applause to Sophocles. It's just, it's amazing how millennia later, we still can read these and it's and it hits right home. And we're still moved, uh, moved by it. You know, wonder what they'd make of us all these thousands of years later. Um, well, Gary, um, I, you know, I, I think it's well, clear. I, we know, think this is an amazing. Work. I do want to yeah. say that uh, again. You know, this play is talking about war and the consequences of war and PTSD and so on. Um, and and we have this terrible war going on with Russia's invasion of Ukraine right now and how they're bravely fighting for the city of Bakhmut and so on. Uh, And so episodes of, you know, people in body bags and being buried and so on on both sides, you know, the tragedy of war is is ever present right now. Right. And it's not just there. It's all, it's in many places and many hotspots in the world. Yes. Uh, and, And it's good for us to be aware, you know, just like the Greek and Trojan conflict is a conflict of different to a certain extent. You've pointed out that the, the Trojans and the Greeks have a lot more in common than people note. But we think of it sometimes as a conflict of different cultures. And that's happening everywhere in the world. And it's still affecting great empires, 
you know, we're a republic, but some call us an empire. Um, and it's still something that resonates. So thank you, Dr. Gary Stuckel. Thank you. It's been great. And thank you all for listening. My name is Sean Marlon Newcomb. This is the 34th Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. We've been discussing Ajax by Sophocles, an amazing work of art. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you soon. Take care and God bless.